from the country that brought you Rami Malik and Hoda Kotbi. It's a conundrum. With Sam Taha. Kif, we have a conundrum. <sighs> oh, hello. And welcome to Sam Taha's Conundrum Podcast. I am the jinxed portion before the apostrophe, and I'm back. I was gone last week, but I'm doing a hopefully longer episode to make up for last week. I say hopefully longer because I'll just start ranting and see how long it gets. My longest ever episode was 32 minutes, and I think this one will maybe get to 25 minutes at most, but we will see. That will be the game I play at the end of the podcast where I check to see if I how long I made the podcast. Uh, But I was gone. I received a lot of emails from people who were like, Sam, we missed you. Where was the podcast last week? We were forced to listen to the Obama and Springsteen podcast to make up for the void you left behind. To all these people, I apologize and I say, I really appreciate your concerns and email. And please... Send me more of these lovely emails at fictitiousthingthatdidn'thappen at gmail.com. No one emailed me. Of course, no one did. Also, how the hell are we supposed to compete in the podcastosphere when Obama and Springsteen have a podcast? If one of these guys had a solo podcast, it would be a hit. So imagine both of them on the same podcast? That should be illegal. Because it's ridiculous. Regardless. I was gone, and no one noticed. I guess I got the answer to the age-old party question of, will anyone miss me if I was gone? Nope. But that's the beauty of having a podcast that no one listens to. I can be gone for a week, and the only person I get to disappoint is myself, who is very used to this kind of behavior by now. I kid. I was gone because I finally went to the dentist to cover uh, the hole in 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 my mouth. Or the hole in my tooth, to be more specific, on Wednesday. And uh, my dental procedure made it very hard to talk. And I was expecting that this might happen. So I tried really hard to post the podcast earlier, because I was worried my visit to the dentist would incapacitate me. Huh, I said that the right first first try. Incapacitate me, and it did. I'm celebrating incapacitate. Celebrating incapacitating. I fucked it up. Anyways. I was busy uh, Monday and Tuesday of of that week, so I couldn't record anything and uh, found myself stressing out about it. And then I remembered that, oh, no one cares. It's not like the sponsors are going to get upset. My one listener will understand. So might as well be easy on myself and just record an episode next week, which is this week. Which is what I'm doing right now. At least my dentist adventures would be a new thing to talk about instead of all of this dullness and sameness that I've been living through. So let's get into that. Um, Previously on Sam Taha's teeth, Sam had a hollowed out exposed tooth from a previous root canal. Sam was scheduled to have a crown to cover it, but he then had a COVID scare and then his parents visited, so he used that as an excuse to not go to the dentist for five months. And it didn't hurt or anything. I was just collecting food, which was very annoying and made me overthink what I eat. And of course, as anyone would know, all of this overthinking gives me anxiety. It's a 
very boring cycle that I've been living in for a year now. Oh, what is this? Is this a, a chance to get anxiety? I'll take it. Also, uh, I had a wisdom tooth that was an uh, overdue for uh, a removal or extraction, as they call it in the dental biz. But I didn't want to remove it because I know it was going to be a pain in the patootie. So the dentist appointment was on a Wednesday. And of course, on the one day I decide to leave the house for an errand, it rains because I'm jinxed. But more on that later. But guess what? The rain was giving me, say it with me, anxiety. Because I'm driving without a license. And rain equals more chances of getting pulled over or getting into an accident with a texting idiot. So I was on edge and driving like 10 and 2 and being extra careful the entire way. I even took a receipt of my work permit application with me and put that on the dashboard just in case I got pulled over so I can show it to the cops and start crying and begging and showing them the, the, the hole in my tooth so that they can let me go with a warning or an eye roll or something. But thank Zeus, that didn't happen. I made it safely to the clinic, parked my car in front of the door, did a huge sigh of relief, and got inside. I had a, an appointment at uh, 11 a.m., but I got there purposely late. I got there at 11.20. I was late because every time I go on time, they make me wait at least 20 minutes. And guess what? That was the right thing to do. Because I waited for only five minutes and the dentist came out rushing. He was like, oh, I'm sorry for keeping you waiting. I was like, oh, it's no worries. So I was late and I got an apology, which is the best type of late. Unfortunately, that uh, good feeling did not last because going to the dentist felt like I was a fugitive turning myself in after evading the authorities for five months. I was like, okay, I'm here to pay for my crimes. I'm ready for dental jail. Then the receptionist hit me with a bill slash fine of the procedures we're about to do. And it came down to, drum roll please, $1,300. Bringing my total dental bill in 12 months to $4,600. I could have hired someone to chew my food for me for that money. I begin to make jokes about how my healthy teeth would be very helpful when I'm living on the streets. And I noticed that the patient that had just finished her appointment is paying too much attention to me. She was maybe in her 60s or 70s, or like maybe early 70s. Her husband was just making some jokes to her in Arabic. And I started a conversation with her because they were speaking an Egyptian accent and I was feeling social. So... We started talking and I find out that she just had a crown put into and I was telling her how I can't wait for the day I have dentures because I'm sure it's going to be cheaper than this and then that started the conversation about why I don't have dental insurance oh I lost my job during the pandemic then she stops me mid-conversation and asks me so where are you from? I was surprised by the question where am I from? I've been talking to you in a very distinct Egyptian accent this entire time. Uh, do you want to take a guess? I thought she meant which city are you from in Egypt. So I tell her I'm from Heliopolis. And she's like, wow, you're Egyptian? Her surprise was a little weird. I was like, oh, it's probably the old age or something. So I'll let, I'll let it go. We keep chatting. 
and the conversation gets to my immigration status and apparently she had the same lawyer that I have. And she keeps praising the lawyer and saying how amazing she is. And that gives me some sort of assurance because I was kind of afraid that my lawyer is going to fuck up my case. I was like, wow, you have the same lawyer that I had? How, how long did it take you to get your, uh, your, your, uh, your green card? She was like, oh, yeah, like a couple of years. I'm like, a couple of years? I've been waiting for five years. She was like, oh, damn, damn, that's so unlucky. And then she started praying for me in Christian. Oh, may the Christ help you and guide you. And now I'm agnostic. Like, but when I go into our culture, I play the role of a Muslim. I'm not a Muslim, but I play one in Arabic conversations. Just because it's like it's going to be harder to explain what agnostic is and why have I became a heathen and, and an infidel. And it's also all I know. So when she started telling me, may the Christ be with you, I was smiling under my mask. I'm also religiously ambiguous in our culture. People have, has, have always had a hard time placing which religion I am. Which is fine for me because I can kind of skip the discrimination and people assume I'm on their team. They like me easier. And I know this sounds weird to Western cultures, but religionism is the type of discrimination that we have in Egypt. And racism is just like a supporting actor. But the religionism is the protagonist. He's the main character. He doesn't die in the end. So we developed this thing of like, like little cues of trying to identify people's religion by how they look. Oh, a lady wearing a hijab. Case solved. Muslim. Oh, a guy wearing a golden cross. Aha, Christian. And these are the obvious, obvious ones. Uh, but of course, there are people who don't wear crosses or hijabs. So you would literally study their features to see if they look Muslim or Christian or go by like a Christian or Muslim name. And you'd hear like some experts would tell you like, oh yeah, there's you can tell from the look. Oh, he looks Christian and the other guy looks Muslim. And this is all just so you can tailor your speech to them. Like for example, if she knew I was Muslim, I don't think she would have said, Christ be with you. She might have said, Rabbina be with you, which is Arabic for our God. And that kind of works for both religions. Long story short, she assumed I was Christian and I just kind of felt nostalgia. Racist nostalgia. It's like, it's an interesting feature of our culture that I kind of forgot it existed after living here for nine years. And like, just like easily, how easily I slip back into like these little social games of, oh, are you on my team or their team or the other team? Why did I get onto this tangent? That doesn't make, uh, it doesn't add to anything in the story. Anyways, her husband comes out of the dentist room and started making jokes about his wife. And like, oh, her teeth is this, her teeth is that. And I start playing along and like making jokes with him too. And then he stops me again and says, where are you from? Dude, I'm from Heliopolis. Oh my God, you're Egyptian? What is going on here? And they were both, yeah, like you sound like you're Syrian or Lebanese. Am I losing my Arabic accent? Is this happening? And it's not like I have a good English accent either. So apparently, I'm between both cultures now where I don't sound Arabic enough and I don't sound English enough. So every time I open my mouth in whichever language, I get asked, ooh, where are you from? I'm from planet Earth, and I'm speaking a language that you can understand. Can that be enough? Or am I, or I have to live with this curse of being an immigrant for the rest of my life? 
It's weird but interesting. Anyways, they both leave and I get to the dentist chair. I hate dentists. I do. I like if I wish we can skip that profession, best, but what are we gonna do? Dentists are as chatty as barbers. But at least the barber talking to you would make more sense because he doesn't have his hands and seven dental tools in your mouth. Like, how am I supposed to have a conversation with you when you keep shoving things down my mouth? Ooh, here's a suction thingy to vacuum your saliva and a bunch of cotton thingies for the bleeding. Also, this device will keep your mouth open and I will put a large, sharp object to drill your teeth and then have both my hands and my assistant's hands in your mouth. But how was your day? Family okay? Everyone good? Your mouth seems full, but that's a perfect time to strike up a conversation. Sure. Here, let's have a social conversation where you talk and I respond to you in a series of hand gestures and groans. I guess that's ideal for you. We finish all the crown work and I get a temporary crown, which still feels weird. And then they start the wisdom tooth extraction, which was really unruly and didn't want to leave my mouth, the hospitable environment that I created inside my mouth. So he had to split the tooth in two just to be able to pull each side out alone. And that took another 30 minutes and extra uh, numbing stuff. Anesthesia, what it's called. They finish the operation and start giving me the do's and don'ts of what to expect after your tooth has been removed. Here is your prescription. There will be swelling. Use an ice pack. Don't work out or exert yourself. Don't eat any crunchy food, no hot drinks, and no vaping. No vaping? What? But that's all I have left? I already have no weed, no alcohol, no wheat, no sugar, no milk. Which already feels like I've been standing on a tiny island in the middle of the ocean. And the no vaping part felt like the island just suddenly shrunk to be the size of a frisbee. Like, I have no other place to go. Like, and I can't swim. What do you want from me? But I get it. I, I looked it up. It's not about uh, the nicotine itself. It's about the, the act of inhaling. Which brings us to this, my one-time segment, Unnecessary Dental Trivia. After removing a tooth, your gums are supposed to form a blood clot around the area where the tooth used to be. And then the blood clot turns into more gums and the wound is closed. And apparently, the muscle movement you make when you do the inhaling motion from a cigarette or a vape device might actually dislodge the blood clot. And you will end up with a dreaded dry socket. That's why they tell you you can't even use straws after removing a wisdom tooth. And all I heard and read about the dry socket did not make me want to take my chances. You get pain in all your teeth, jaw, neck, eyes, temple, and headaches. So I was like, yeah, okay, nicotine can wait. But I wasn't thinking that clearly when I left the dentist's office. I was hungry and I didn't eat enough food before the dental work. So I was bummed that I still have to wait another couple of hours to eat. I was trying to focus on getting my medications from CVS before going home. I say I wasn't thinking clearly because if I was, I would have gotten a nicotine patch or something to help me with the incoming nicotine withdrawals. But I was more focused on the prescription portion of this dental quest. 
The dentist prescribed me an additional painkiller because he said the pain will be crazy. So my addict brain was like, yay, fun meds, finally. I get to CVS and give the prescription to uh, the guy over the counter, like the, the guy at the pharmacy. I give him the prescription to decipher the gibberish handwriting of my dentist. And it turns out I was prescribed Tylenol 3. I was very disappointed to hear the word Tylenol. Oh, so over-the-counter stuff. It's not very exciting to take Tylenol. That's nothing. But then on further reading, I discovered that, no, this is Tylenol 3. It has codeine in it, which is an opioid. Tum tum tum. Now, it's clear to anyone listening to this podcast that I have an addictive personality. So as soon as I read opioid, I was like, oh, this can't be good. Imagine being sober for almost 250 days now, just to fall back into an abyss of opioid addiction. So as soon as I was like, oh, opioid, damn, that's not good. That started a war between the addictive personality and the Zen master inside my head. Where the wise Zen master will play scenarios from all the headlines. I read about how opioid addiction is destroying lives and how I I can just learn to breathe through the pain. It's okay, pain is life. You got this. But at the same time, the addict was like, you can't get addicted from just one pill. Give it a try. I'm sure it's gonna be fine. And you haven't had any weed or alcohol for such a long time. Come on. It's gonna be a nice treat. Let's have some good times. I I kept with this battle of like, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it all day? But unfortunately, but fortunately, unfortunately, but fortunately, the Zen master finally won. Especially when I started reading about uh, wisdom tooth medications and how no one prescribes opioid as a painkiller for these procedures in Europe. That's uh, such an American thing. That's why they have a crisis. Because it's like, oh, what is this? Your teeth hurt? Here. Here's some addictive drugs. Also, I wasn't feeling that much pain. The ibuprofen alone was doing the job, basically. The rest I, I could tolerate. I was like morally just like mourning the loss of my nicotine more than anything else. But again, the, the fears of the dry socket kept me off the vape. Just to show you how I'm not disciplined. Like, I don't have any discipline. What, I fucked up this word twice. I don't have any discipline. Uh-huh. I just scare myself into doing the right thing. That has been the most effective motivation my entire life. Fear. But it works. And that's the end of that story. I don't know how to, how to finish this. So far, no dry sockets. No opioid addiction. The swelling is kind of going down. There is still some minor pain. But I would say, hopefully, we'll find out. But I, I think this entire dental dilemma has passed successfully. And by the time this podcast is released, I would be on my way back from a checkup at the dentist on yet another rainy day. It didn't rain all week. It only rains on Wednesdays. It only rains when I'm going to the dentist. Proving yet again that I'm jinxed. See? Because it seems like it only rains when I have to do shit outside. I always told myself the story of how jinxed I am. I know it might not be true, but at the same time it keeps presenting itself and I keep finding evidence of how 
I'm like I always have the most unfortunate lucky times, unlucky times. Like when the movie came out, the uh, a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket, I was like, "Ooh, I relate to this movie." A series of unfortunate events, that's my life. And again, this might be just me choosing to only notice the times where I was unlucky to support the uh, this theory that I built. But I've always struggled with bad luck. Like, I can go back to the 2000s. Oh, 9-11 happened to make it harder for me to get to America. I graduated in 2006 just in time with an economic crisis that made it very hard to find a job. COVID happened just when my career was starting to pick up. I can't find love for 36 years. I can't get my immigration in order for 9 years now. It's all because of Jinx. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy that I've held on ever since I was a child. And I feel like my theory is my sister inherited all of my luck. And I, like, I took the leftovers, which was not enough for one person. My earliest Jinx memories was when I, when I was young, me and my sister were at a competition, like a raffle type of thing where there was a giant, non-transparent box that had colored balls inside it. And the game is like you're supposed to put your hands in a box and pick a colored ball, and you get two tries. And if you pick two balls of the same colors, you win the Middle Eastern equivalent of a brand new Commodore 64. And the, the Middle Eastern equivalent of a Commodore 64 is not a sand in some box, okay? It was actually something called Sakhr. Uh, it was the console of the 80s. So I was very excited. Like my young naive self was very excited about the prospects of winning this. It was like, yep, I got this. I'm lucky I got this. So we both get a ticket and go and try it. I was the youngest. I go first. And then that's, that's when the, the jinx introduced itself for the first time. I put my hands in both uh, like twice and pick up two completely unrelated balls. And like, I, I, it would have been fine. Like, I would have, I would have felt like, oh yeah, so no one else picked two matching balls. And like, even when I started feeling bad and my eyes started tearing a little bit, I held it in. I was like, that's fine. But then my sister went and picked two of the same balls without even thinking about it. It seemed very effortless. She's just like, okay, here's a blue one and here's a blue one. I win! It was a nice moment for her as she celebrated winning while I burst into tears in the background. Why <laughs> can't I win? I wanted one. And that was the origin story of, of my Jinx life. An unfortunate hero was born. Countless against the odds adventures from my childhood and teenage years in my unlucky comic book title, The Misadventures of a Jinxed Individual. But uh, I, like these little stories can fill a book. So I will sprinkle them throughout this lifelong podcast that I'm doing. And you will, you will hear this Jinx theme again. Jinx will be back. But like this, this couple of this last couple of weeks, or especially this last year, I've also single-handedly ended two podcasts by just appearing on them. Where my appearance on the podcast was the last thing that podcast ever did. Like last year, someone approached me to be on their podcast. 
And she was like, oh, I'm doing an immigrant podcast. I was like, great. And you're funny. I was like, thank you. Can you come on my podcast? I was like, of course. I went to her place and we recorded an hour long podcast. She was very happy about it. She told me, oh, it's going to be a great episode. And like after we're done, I waited for my episode to be released. Then just to find out that, oh, they stopped doing the podcast altogether. I was like, uh, that's probably just a coincidence or something. The pandemic had just started, so I thought maybe it was just because of the pandemic she decided to give up. I don't know. But I never thought about it again. That's why I was very excited when another comic approached me a couple of months ago and was like, hey, come on my podcast. And I was like, oh, finally, I will make that appearance on another podcast. That guy had like 20 something episodes out there. So exposure, here I come. And while we were recording the podcast, I actually told him about this. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to be on your podcast because the, the, that's, that's going to be my only podcast ever. The, the other podcast I was on was never released. So this will be my first appearance. I didn't even think that can happen twice in a row. But I was wrong. And the same thing happened again. Where my episode never came out. And he hadn't even post, posted a new podcast in, since January. Coincidence? I don't think so. I'm officially the podcast ender now. It should be a service that maybe I can make money from or something. Hey, if you want to end your podcast and you have no exit strategy, email me at jinxyourpodcast at gmail.com and put your, your podcast misery to an end. And like that jinx is evolving now. Like even a, a couple of weeks ago, we recorded a show for Twitch. Stand-up. No podcast involved this time. We recorded a show for Twitch. Like where, oh, we'll get six comics and each comic will do 15 minutes of material. Like it was to be like a big thing and the show was going to premiere last Sunday. And I did some good material on it. Like I, I made the other comics laugh, which is always a good thing. So I was very excited to see how civilians will react to my material. And I logged on to Twitch to watch the show. And everything was going fine. People were laughing. Great. Until it got to my set. And just three minutes into my set, the entire stream just stopped. The internet went out. The person who was streaming the show had uh, some technical issues and the stream completely stopped. And when it came back, they were at the end of my set. And at this point, like whoever was watching left and whoever stayed was not listening. The jinx is evolving is all I'm saying. It can stop internets now. But I won't let you win, Jinx. I'm gonna have... I actually do have a very interesting weekend coming. Um, I have a show on Friday. Another international slash European show. Which is always a nice thing. So I can test out my material to see if it's ready for the world stage. I have, um, I have another show on the 13th, Saturday. Which is gonna be... Actually, I have no idea how it's gonna be. It's my first time on that show, and it... Up until now, I haven't even heard from the host, so... Usually when that happens, it means that's gonna be a shady show where I perform to three people. But, uh, hey, what am I gonna do? It's just more shows, I'll take them. But also on the 13th, I have a script reading. Which I got from doing stand-up. Somebody saw me do my fire bit when I like uh, talk about how much of an idiot I am during a fire. 
And like somebody saw me and they were like, yeah, I, that, that guy can play an idiot on my show too. So decided to cast me in the show for, it's a minor role, but like, oh, playing an idiot. I was like, yeah, I can do that. So that's nice. And the 14th is going to be already my favorite day of this year. Because first of all, it's Pi Day, which I like Pi Day. 3.14, get it, Pi Day. And also it's Daylight Savings Day. I'm so excited about having a longer day. I love Daylight Savings Day. I love it more, more than my birthday. I hate this like, oh, it gets dark at five shit. And I'm so over it. I don't know why we're still doing that. It's not really good. It doesn't actually save power. And it's actually bad for us as humans because we, we this, the, 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 the confusion in time it affects sleeps and more accidents are happening on that week. So fuck that. Why are we stop putting the clocks back? I almost choked on my excitement right now. Um, so yeah. So take that, Jinx. I'm going to have a good week despite you. <laughs> but with that I was all over the place today if you are still listening then oh my god thank you you survived another ADHD storm um, but with that I wish you have a great weekend and a lovely week um, I've been toying lately with the idea of doing the podcast every other week since not much events are happening in my life to podcast about but we'll see. Like I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better, so we will see. Or maybe some exciting things will happen. I can tell you about what happened in my shows. Uh, but I'll be back soon, either next Wednesday or in two Wednesdays, but we will see. Until then, stay sane. Thank you for listening. Be kind. And aloha. Aloha means goodbye and hello. Oh, who the fuck cares? All right, bye.